As we enter into this Advent season, uncertainty is all around us. We feel the tension. We know the longing. We live with quiet anticipation in the not yet, the known, the unknown, the liminal, mysterious space of the Advent season. As we cross over the threshold of Advent once again, what does it mean for us to lean into this season, to give ourselves to these weeks that show us there is no place where God does not desire to meet us, even in the mystery? Known and unknown, dwelling in the mystery of Advent. What image does the word mystery conjure up for you? For me, it ranges from a wonderful novel that draws me into the unknown, to the breathtaking night skies I experienced when camping in the summer, to the terrifying moments I had in the hospital. The element of mystery is an odd mix of fun and dread, both a game we play with kids and the very thing that keeps our minds racing at night. But there's another aspect of mystery, and that's the mystery of God. That also invokes a lot of emotions. What does it mean to accept and worship God in all the mystery that surrounds him? What does it mean to rest in the presence of an incomprehensible, unfathomable, and indescribable creator? In the Genesis passage, God makes a promise to Noah and his family to establish a covenant and seal it with a sign. They were walking into a complete unknown, leaving behind a terrifying transformation that they were emerging from. God's promise to them tells them that they are not going back. As a result of this passage, I find myself reflecting on the moments of mystery in which we have found ourselves. There's a story of a conversation which Socrates had with an oracle named Pythia, where Pythia told Socrates that he was the wisest person in Athens, and Socrates responded, I know that I know nothing. As we learn more, we become more aware of what we do not know. I'm reminded of a time we spent a couple years ago digging into the background of our community, assessing the needs, and talking to people in different walks of life. We certainly gain a deeper understanding of our own community, our churches, and our cultural context. We also had an overwhelming sense that only through God's power could we move ahead, as there were so many unknowns. As we dug into the unknown, the unknown only grew, and when that happens, there's nothing we can do except fully rely on God. According to the writer of Hebrews, Abraham understood God's power, that he was capable of even rescuing from death, and that he knew God's promise would be fulfilled through Isaac. Abraham didn't know what was happening. Abraham didn't know how God was going to keep his promise. In the midst of this painful mystery, he clung on to the one thing he knew to be true, that he could have faith in the promises of God. My mind is not naturally drawn to rest. That verse, be still and know that I am God, is not exactly one which I find easy to follow. And the thoughts that stir in my head do not turn into actions, but just simmer and stew. The one benefit is that it gives my therapist a lot. In Psalm 124, the psalmist reflects on what life would be like if God wasn't with them. We see an example of God's promise being established, an example of faith in that promise, and a reflection of what God's promise brings to our lives. Reading from Psalm 124, What if the Lord had not been on our side? Let all Israel repeat. What if the Lord had not been on our side? when people attacked us. They would have swallowed us alive in their burning anger. The waters would have engulfed us. A torrent would have overwhelmed us. Yes, the raging waters of their fury would have overwhelmed our very lives. Praise the Lord who did not let their teeth tear us apart, 
We escaped like a bird from a hunter's trap. The trap is broken and we are free. Our help is from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Lately, my therapist has been working on helping me encounter head on some of the fears that lie beneath. In my head swirl these what if questions, which cause me to desperately cling to control, fearful of losing control. And one thing I've learned is that these what if questions are rarely answered. In our sessions, my therapist has invited me to answer the questions, to dig into the what ifs, to confront the fears that I've been pushing aside for years. And what makes this uncomfortable much of the time is that the answer is often, I don't know, but I cannot control that. In other words, it's a mystery. Every once in a while, God gives us a different type of mystery. A mystery reflected in the unrelenting faithfulness of our Savior. A mystery where, despite our mustard seed-sized prayers, we see the mountains move. A mystery where the Holy Spirit uses broken vessels to bring about an eternal plan of redemption. The psalmist asks, what if, but in a different manner? What if God wasn't with us? What would have happened? Out of that flows praise. So let me ask, what if? What if Christ was not made flesh? What if he looked upon his creation and said, too far gone, they're a lost cause, beyond repair? What if our eternal creator had not established his plan of redemption before the breath of life entered human lungs? What if our creator had turned his back on the lineage of Christ, the deceivers, the warmongers, and the murderers? What if he looked upon humanity and refused to stoop to their level? What if the eternal architect of the cosmos was not born and didn't need to be held, rocked, nursed, cleaned? What if Emmanuel did not take on flesh and made his dwelling among us? What if the Holy Spirit did not come to indwell us? Praise the eternal Lord, for we have hope. God is surely with us. Maybe mystery is clinging to our heavenly dad, not knowing where he is taking us, but knowing that he loves us. Maybe mystery is clinging to our savior who came in the flesh and dwelt among us. Maybe mystery is walking in step with the Holy Spirit who loves us and draws us into the same love that shaped you, me, and Jesus Christ when we were in our mother's wombs.